I solemnly swear, I am up to no good. Hello, Nerd Nation. Good day, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you may be listening to my voice on the pod waves. Welcome back to another week of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. I hope that you have had a good week so far. I know it is the weekend. Um, if you are wondering why... Uh, the 30 and Nerdy podcast has started dropping more on weekends. That is because I uh, got a lot of feedback when I was uh, kind of polling around on social media. A lot of people like to listen to shows on the weekend, plus uh, some of the emails I got uh, kind of stated that their weekday podcast listening was kind of full right now, but they don't have a lot to do on the weekend. Um Granted, it's not something to where you could still listen to it on a weekday. I'm just going to start releasing more on weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, around there. So thank you for tuning in regardless of what day it is. I hope you're safe. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're feeling well. Um, If you're working, you know, be safe. Mask up. Uh, If you're not working, I hope that you're keeping your sanity at home. Uh, I hope that you are well and able to get things taken care of. I know that right now is still an uneasy time in our nation as well as the world. Numbers continue to grow here in the U.S. uh, mainly because people are not listening. Um, I don't want to delve too much into it, but please be considerate of others. Wear a mask when the doctors and the scientists are saying things like this could be taken care of like we have seen in our neighbors to the east uh, over there in Europe. Their cases seem to start dwindling once every individual got on board with masking up. However, our cases keep growing. The death toll is way too high for for anyone. Um, so please, be considerate. Put on a mask. Um I hope your week has been good. I know it's graduation time in a lot of places, uh, some online, some not online, uh, some in person, socially distanced and masked up, and that's great, but still be careful out there. Congratulations to graduates of the 2020 class. I know it is not the year that you imagined it would be, uh, but you still made it. Uh, You're still a graduate. You still... Uh, completed it, and if you're going on to college or tech school or going to the workforce or what have you, good luck. Um, you are part of a special breed. You survived a very hardship of a senior year, so that means you can survive anything. Uh, good luck out there. Well, uh, thanks for coming back. Um, last week we had some fun talking about the year 1999. It was fun. It was informational. Uh, It was kind of the beginning of the wave that has been nerd culture getting to where it is now. And I enjoyed talking about it. If you have any further questions about the year 1999, please continue to send them in. Um, Thank you again for being here this week. Um, DJ Mike Howie, why don't you take us in? It's time. To get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your host, Tyler Mack. (laughs) Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions, and Ashley Lodge Photography. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. 
Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation by using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find the show in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email the show at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Now get ready to nerd out with your host, the sweet tea of the nerdy south, your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Hello, Nerd Nation. This is the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your Duke of Nerds and leader of the Nerd World Order, Tyler Mack. Thanks for tuning in again. It has been a fun uh, weekend last weekend. Nice week this week. Uh, Been some work, been some laziness, been some exercise. Whole lot of quarantine. And a whole lot of nerding going on. So, uh, if you if you if you have a TikTok, and you uh, are not following my personal page, um, let me tell you, you should, okay? Because it's a lot of fun. I know. Uh, now, before quarantine, I was completely against uh, getting one. I I always kind of just thought it was some silly, but, you know, to be honest, it has been a a fun, fun way to pass the time, okay? And um, I've actually been making some friends. You can follow me. It's a Life of Ty. Uh, uh, Just, it's a play on Life of Pi, I know. Very brilliant, I am. It's Life of Ty on TikTok, and I've made some new friends, especially in the uh, lip-syncing to Supernatural quotes. Uh, I have made a, a really good friend on here. She is in England, and her name's Claire, and uh, her TikTok handle, you should definitely go follow her. It is Wayward Redheaded Angel. Now, that's not redheaded, redhead. That's Wayward Redhead Angel. Now, she is fantastic. We've been doing a lot of duets with Supernatural Quotes and Bloopers as well. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, So if you're listening, Claire, shout out to you. I look forward to more duets with you on the old talk. Um, It's a lot of fun. You know, I have to admit, I uh, had my uh, qualms with it when it was going on. But, you know, during quarantine, I had to find ways to keep myself entertained, uh, which is difficult when you uh, get bored easily, like myself. So, <laughs> um, I went ahead and got one, and it has taken off. I did not expect uh, to grow as much as it has. Um, it's a lot of fun. You should definitely check it out if you have a TikTok, Life of Thai. Now, I also, uh, this, so a week ago, Yes, a week ago, um, I was gearing up for a small little trip, just a little getaway, uh, to get away from my small town um, during quarantine. It was all very safe, very socially distant, um, wore a mask, but I got to uh, I got to spend a little time in Greenville, South Carolina, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, however, uh, before. I left. I got to uh, spend some time with a dear friend of the show, Ashley Lodge Photography. She is fantastic at her job. Um, we we did some photo shooting. Uh, some new photos are going to be coming out soon uh, for the podcast. Very excited about some of them. There is one up already on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and things like that. It is a really cool backdrop of like Gotham City, and I'm hunched over like like the Cape Crusader himself. And uh, the thirty and nerdy logo is the the signal in the back calling for nerdledge to be spread across the world, and that's what I'm here to do. Um, it was a lot of fun. I love uh, working with Ashley uh, when we get to get, do some, some photo shooting because she's 
outside the box so much that it's just fun. It's not just point, shoot, like a school photo. It's not just stand and smile or tilt your head. It's fun. It's interactive. It's outside the box. It's, she's a nerd. So that, that helps. It really does. Uh, when I'm trying to convey, and I'm not really good with words sometimes, when I'm trying to convey what I want, but she sees it. She sees where I'm going with it. So she's very helpful. Um, and I'm, she's a sponsor of the show. So a huge shout out to Ashley Lodge Photography. Now in Greenville, I may have gotten hooked to another show. And no, it is not of the nerd culture. I'm sure a lot of you are watching it. It's called uh, Flora's Lava. <laughs> and this, this show is hilarious. Now, when I was a kid, Lord, I can't remember what age, four, five, six years old maybe. I played this game in my house, jumping from recliner to couch to end table, what have you. The floor is lava. I actually broke my foot as a kid playing that game. And still to this day, if I am overactive on said foot, it reminds me that I broke it. It is it is a painful reminder of my childhood days. Uh, but this show, if you've not checked it out, Flora's Lava, it is hilarious. And I would absolutely love to sign my siblings and myself up for it. Uh, I think we'd do good at it, and it'd just be entertaining. It's entertaining. If you have not watched it, definitely check it out. Um, while I was in Greenville, I did something that I normally do not do. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while now, you know that I am not a huge collector of pops. However... Um, I, I spent some money on myself. I, tr- I treated myself. Treat yourself, 2020. They had this really good deal going on at a uh, boxed lunch. I had never been in one of these stores. It's a really cool store. Um, and I got some pops. I don't want to go into too much detail because there are some listeners of the show who... Uh, I want to show firsthand and get their reaction, and then I will post my new pops on social media. Uh, me and our dear friend, uh, Brent, uh, we found the final two of this pop, and we, our eyes were huge. We walked in the box lunch, and shout out to them for being very uh, cooperative with CDC guidelines, they had arrows guiding you. Only a certain amount of people were allowed in the store at once. Everybody had masks on. They were required. Um, Honestly, I would have to say this place in Greenville is doing it a lot better than my town of Morristown is on mandating masks. So good job to them. But we walk in and Brent, I just hear Brent go, Tyler, and (laughs) points. And there's this beautiful... Uh, I'm not going to say it, pop that everyone has to have. And so we got it. We got the last two of them. Uh, He got his, and I saw the uh, cash person, um, the cashier, grab the last one from behind their their counter and set it back up, and I just went ahead and grabbed it because it was a killer deal, and I would have been an idiot not to get it. But uh, hopefully after I show... Um, some people, uh, this amazing pop that I found, um, that you just never hear me say that, that I bought a pop. So I'm still having trouble wrapping my mind around the fact that I spent money on a pop, but, uh, I will post some pictures of it soon. I'm pretty excited about it. It's sitting right here beside me, um, as I talk and it's just, it's, it is a thing of wonder. I'm telling you, I cannot wait to show this off. Um, but I have to say. I've had a, I've had a really good week. I hope you have too. Uh, this week, we are delving into the year two thousand, the Y two K, if you will, or as I like to call the Nerdlinium, the new Nerdlinium, the N two K. We're going to dive into it a little bit, and uh, you know, I think before we get into all that, I would like to introduce you to some friends of ours. For our pod promo of the week. Now this is Lit Gaming Arena. 
uh, LGA for short. Uh, they are a part of a lot of pod groups of ours, and they run one, and I love being part of the community with them. I love their show. They are in my rotation week in and week out, especially as a gamer. I love their antics. I love the passion that they talk about gaming. Even when they go on tangents, they are just completely entertaining. So, uh, if you will, here is a little promo for Lit Gaming Arena. want to know things about video games how about consumer oriented reviews honest opinions hot takes and predictions well you're listening to the right ad introducing the lit gaming arena podcast season two we bring you two episodes every week terminal news which focuses on all the latest gaming news you'll ever need and the lga cast where we talk about all the games we're playing in the gaming industry in general and we do not hold back any punches We also have the occasional wacky guest, so don't miss out. Subscribe to us today. You can find us on our website, lga.gg, and on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you use. Again, that's the Lit Gaming Arena podcast at lga.gg. Like I said, I absolutely recommend lit gaming arena they're a fantastic podcast i listen to them weekly uh thank you guys for being part of our pod community and all the groups and continuous support so thank you guys and definitely check them out so let's talk nerdy a little bit here uh came up with a nerd word your nerd vocabulary word of the week is nerdstalgia now this is reminiscing about better times as a nerd and i've kind of been doing that uh, last week and this week, and we'll continue next week with part two of N2K. Now, nerdstalgia, everyone does it. If you meet a nerd that does not get nerdstalgic at some point, then are they really a nerd? Do they even nerd, bro? I mean, all of us nerds, we're nerdstalgic, whether it's talking about game consoles in the 90s being, you know, just as awesome if not better than some games today like i still think that ocarina of time and golden eye on the n64 are unbeatable uh we get nerdstalgic about the good days of cartoons like batman animated series so nerdstalgia plays a huge part in being a nerd in our nerd culture so that is your nerd word of the week nerdstalgia now let's get to a little uh, something random about something random. Your your weekly random on random. For instance, did you know that Canadians say sorry so much that a law was passed in 2009 declaring that an apology cannot be used as an evidence of admission of guilt? So sorry... It cannot be used as evidence of an admission of guilt. That's crazy. I mean, we all know that that is kind of a a thing with Canadians. We even joke about it here and kind of, sorry, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Even in television and movies, it's depicted Canadians saying sorry all the time. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty random. That is something I did not know until I found out. So, yeah, why don't we get to a word from our fantastic, amazing sponsors. The arts are a vital part of the educational process, which is another key to economic development and improved quality of life. Arts education and opportunities help participants develop skills in critical thinking, goal setting, team building, problem solving, conflict resolution, and craftsmanship. At Encore Theatrical Company, they aren't just dreaming it, they're doing it. Through the global pandemic, many of the arts have suffered due to shutdown of theaters, museums, schools, and other artistic vehicles. However, here at Encore, the show must go on. Follow along as we evolve and entertain during what we call Encore Intermission. We are highlighting patrons, performers, community members, and much more. You may see voice lessons, mini-concerts, Zoom plays, and other artsy escapes for you during this trying time. Follow along daily with new posts from hashtag Encore Intermission. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us 
where it's not just theater, it's Encore. Ashley Lodge Photography is the place to go if you want an original, fun, and creative photo shoot. A true variety junkie, Ashley's main focus is bringing out all the personalities and vibrant colors that make your life unique. Specializing in commercial and dance photography, Ashley Lodge has had 15 years of professional experience and is available for any type of photo shoot, weddings, headshots, seniors and newborns. Ashley has the passion and creativity to offer clients a truly one-of-a-kind experience. Clients enjoy photo shoots in a professional commercial studio located in downtown Morristown, Tennessee, as well as anywhere else on the planet. Seriously, Earth is pretty huge, so dream big. Ashley is ready to leap into an amazing art that you and your family, your company, or dance studio is inspired to create. If you mention 30 and Nerdy Podcast, you will receive 20% discount. Check out www.ashleylodgephotography.com to get inspired and book your next photo shoot. Good evening. I'm Barry Nerdington, and this is your Nerdly News, where we report and you decide. John Wick and Matrix star Keanu Reeves will make his comic book debut this fall, Boom Studios' new title, Berserker. Writer Matt Kent and artist Alessandro Vitti will join him on the 12-issue series, which follows an immortal warrior in search of answers about his existence. Boom Studios is proud to announce this 12-issue limited series from the iconic Hollywood favorite in his comic book writing debut. The first issue of the limited series will drop in October of 2020. Loki is reportedly on track for a 2021 Disney Plus release, according to the most recent updates. Many fans began to worry when production of multiple projects came to a halt, during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Hollywood Reporter says that the series will still debut in 2021 as things are right now. Obviously, as the last few months have shown, that could literally change overnight. WandaVision also looks to be dropping early 2021 or late 2020, and the Falcon and Winter Soldier should still be ready for a late 2020 release. However, as previously stated, all of this could change any day now. While spiking cases skyrocket in the U.S., everything is truly up in the air. A new report about Call of Duty 2020, believed to be titled Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, has been released. This has Call of Duty fans less excited than ever for the reveal of the game. There has been rumors and reports for a while suggesting the development of this year's Call of Duty has been a bit rocky. As a result, some Call of Duty fans are worried about the game. In fact, some speculation suggests it will get delayed. Despite this, there are still a few fans on the edge of their seat patiently awaiting for an announcement. In other Call of Duty news, Infinity Ward has made some drastic changes to a controversial operator skin in Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Call of Duty Warzone. A patch released this past week quietly changed D-Day's Border War skin to Home on the Range after accusations that it glorified the police in their acts of abuse at the border. The original description of the skin read as follows, Show them the error of their ways and make them pay with D-Day's Border War Operator skin. The revised description to go along with the new name is far more innocuous. It now reads, Play along with the deer and the antelope with the home on the range D-Day operator skin. However, the operator skin has only changed in name and tagline alone. The skin still looks the same. It still has police across the chest with the Texas state flag on its shoulder. The border war skin came under fire for many reasons in recent weeks due to the ongoing fact that there is injustice at the border as well 
as the Black Lives Matter movement against systemic racism and police brutality, Infinity Ward announced that it would be taking a much tougher stance against racism and hate speech, and this would be just the first of many steps in their battle against hate. One of the drawbacks of Stranger Things becoming one of the biggest things in pop culture is the amount of exposure it can bring to those involved. Adding to a series of lawsuits on Netflix and the Duffer Brothers, a new claim has been added to the fold. The new lawsuit comes from Jeffrey Kennedy, claiming that the series is heavily influenced by a script he wrote for a project called Totem, which includes the overall theme, narrative, character, and even dialogue development. What sets this lawsuit apart from others is that Aaron Sims worked on Totem with Kennedy before jumping to Stranger Things to craft the concept art. In a sit-down with Netflix about the situation at hand, these were the words they had to say. Mr. Kennedy has been peddling the far-fetched conspiracy theories for years, even though we have reportedly explained to him that the Duffers have never heard of him or of his script before. After we refused to give him his outrageous demands, he filed a baseless lawsuit. There is no shortage of people who would love to claim credit for Stranger Things, but the truth is the show was independently conceived by the Duffer Brothers and is truly the result of their creativity and hard work. More to come soon. Fans of the long-running animated franchise Transformers may want to strap in for this one. After confirming that Transformers is going to be on the new slate of TV series coming to Netflix, the streaming service also hinted to the possibility of bringing back the very popular version of Transformers saga, The Beast Wars. Beast Wars has long been the fan favorite within the world of Transformers, and many fans have credited it to introducing them to the popular franchise. The trilogy of Transformers series will begin at the end of this month, with the first installment being called Transformers War for Cybertron, introducing us to a new version of our Generation 1 Autobots and Decepticons reigniting the war led by Optimus Prime and Megatron. Whether or not Beast Wars is part of that trilogy, or if it will be a fourth installment later on, is yet to be announced and is truly unknown. But tune into 30 and Nerdy Podcast for future news on Beast Wars. Analyst Doug Cruitt of The Hollywood Reporter recently stated that due to increased COVID-19 cases in America, we would not be seeing theaters truly reopen until full, until mid-2021. Most of this is due to the fact that studios will not want to release their big-name blockbusters to crowd-controlled movie audiences across the country. We have already seen this affect releases like Black Widow, New Mutants, Wonder Woman, and Mulan, but with cases increasing at a rapid rate still, it seems that these, along with other titles, will continue to be pushed back until they can be seen by more eyes. Other analysts believe that we will see studios fold on the decision to release the streaming services such as Trolls 2 have and Hamilton on Disney+. Whatever the decision may be, the lasting effects this has and will have on the movie theater industry may too be too much to come back from. It's truly the end of an era at Microsoft. Microsoft has ended production on all of its Xbox One X and Xbox One S models in preparation for the new-gen systems. In an interview with IGN, a Microsoft representative stated that they would be using those te teams on other items like Game Pass and the new Project X Cloud. This is a typical move when new systems are on the horizon. It means that they are focusing full force on the new-gen systems and all that will come with it. Some believe that with the pandemic, it could be a course that they are taking to get a jump start on some items that could speed up the process. However, this does mean that prices on already produced systems and games should drop exponentially in the coming months. Along with this, we recently also got a release announcement of a new Fable game. We have previously reported that this could possibly be coming with the patent being renewed and a new social media platform being discovered. 
This was all put to positive reinforcement recently when they announced a new Fable game will be coming to the new-gen systems. That's the end of your nerdly news. I am Barry Nerdington saying good day and cheers to you. Tyler, back to you. Thank you, Barry. All right, Nerd Nation, it is time to get into what this week's episode is all about. Uh, let's talk the year 2000. Um, it's the first year of the new millennium, or for our sake, the new nerdlenium. The year 2000 brought us so many things from games to movies to television shows uh, to a shift in what it was to be a nerd. Uh, here we kind of began to see a shift in what nerd culture was going to be, uh, possibly for the next few years or the next few decades. We did not know, but we definitely saw uh, a shift in nerd culture, uh, whether it was people being turned on to nerdy movies because attractive superstars were playing the roles like, oh, I don't know, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, for instance, regardless of... Uh, these impacts, though, uh, nerd culture, uh, 2020 is uh, celebrating its 20th anniversary. The year 2020 marks the 20th anniversary of the year 2000, the Y2K, or the N2K, as I like to call it for nerd culture. But uh, also, many of those landmark moments in our pop culture um, are celebrating that same anniversary, not just the year. I mean, we had a lot of landmarks in 2000. So why don't we lace up our Jordans, turn off the cold play, and celebrate the 20th anniversary of the new Nerdlinium. Now let's first talk about yours truly in the year 2000. In the year 2000, I was not yet the Duke of Nerds like I am today. I was a nerdling. Um... I was 10. Uh, that April, I was going to be turning 11. Um, I was a nerd. I knew I was a nerd. I loved heroes like Batman and Wolverine. I, I read comics and watched Dragon Ball Z and Toonami after school every day. I had Pokemon cards in a binder and played video games constantly. I was studying the lore of Bigfoot and Thor more than I wanted to play sports and study actual subjects in school. Um, but, you know, don't get me wrong. I loved playing baseball and some other sports, uh, contrary to my parents' belief, you know. Um, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed going to Tennessee football games like I still do every Saturday. And, yeah, I, you know, I even had a dream one point of playing first base for the Cincinnati Reds one, one day. But, you know, deep down I knew I was a nerd. Um, you know, one of the biggest problems I had, though, was not coming to terms with being a nerd, but fitting in. Now, I had nerd friends that would, you know play the Goku or Cyclops to my Vegeta and Wolverine, but uh, I still felt like I had to hide. I felt like I had to, you know, try out for the basketball teams and uh, be on the ball field uh, to keep up appearances of being quote-unquote normal. Um, I, I, you know, nerd culture was it was picking up steam at the turn of 1999. And, um, however, I, I really wasn't celebrating being a nerd like a lot of people do today. Um, you know, during this, this coming decade that, you know, in next week's episode, I'll get into a little more detail, but started in the year 2000, you know, uh, it was still kind of, uh, I don't want to use this term. Being a nerd was kind of a, a closeted moment for some of us. Um, I'd never compare 
being a nerd in a majority of jocks in a small town like that of being, you know, a minority or a member of the LGBTQ community. That's not my intention. Um, this is no way, in no way a comparison. Um, but the year 2000 kind of started this wave of, wave of nerd culture that got us to where we are today. Um, you know, it started to rise a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe you could, if you visualize nerd culture as a wave, you know, it was starting then, uh, but maybe is the crest now? If the crest is now, when's the crash? Is it next year? Is it another decade from now? Is it another hundred years from now? We don't know. Um, but being a nerd in the year 2000, you were made fun of. You were. I've talked about it a few times on here, what it was like being a nerd in the 90s and in the year, you know, now I'm talking about in the year 2000. But you were still kind of secret about your nerdiness, because uh, especially in towns like mine, um, you know, um, I don't want to get too much into detail about the, the downtroddenness of being a nerd in the year 2000. Let's just, let's celebrate first. Let's, let's have a celebration. This is the 20th anniversary of the new Nerdlinium, so why don't we celebrate some things that started uh, in the year 2000, and everyone's talking about it. Everyone knows it. The X-Men franchise in live-action form was born. Um, the X-Men franchise... Uh, that first movie, it birthed many mainstream names that were still going strong in nerd culture and other media today. X-Men gave us the likes of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, Sir Ian McKellen as Magneto, Sir Patrick Stewart as as Charles Xavier. Um, X-Men kind of began the road to people falling for our nerd culture. I don't want to... Enlisting those names, those weren't in any order, but you know, I don't want to downplay the... The females uh, in that movie, but to be completely honest, you know, I can't say I was in love in many of the translations from comic book to live action. Now, I did enjoy Halle Berry's Storm and Rebecca's uh, Romaine's performances. Mystique was absolutely fantastic. She was the best female performer out of those live action X Men movies, if you ask me. Um, but I did not get behind. Yeah. I know some people would probably crucify me for saying this, but I did not get behind uh, um, Jean Grey's live-action performance. I did not... Th I love Famke Jensen but as an actress, but I just did not think she was the best suit for Jean Grey. And let's not even talk about Anna Paquin as Rogue. We're not even going to go there, because I am a fan of Rogue, and... Whew! That was rough. Um... You know, although we had seen some live-action superheroes before, like Captain America in 79 and 1990, uh, as well as, you know, many, many, many Batman live-action movies, this movie showed us that we were ready for franchises of live-action comic book movies. You know, and I wouldn't even call what Batman live-action in cinema was as a franchise because things changed constantly. This was kind of that birth, that birth of the... The live-action comic book movie with the same characters going forward. Um, without X-Men, and let's be honest, you know, in 1998 we had Blade. Uh, without the, that, we don't have Avengers Endgame. We don't have Guardians of the Galaxy. We don't have Spider-Man. Uh, X-Men kind of paved the way for live-action comic book movies. And again, I'm not giving it full credit because... Blade saved Marvel in 1998 from a very scary situation, but I'll get to that at a later date. I am going to talk about that. Um, that first X-Men movie gave us a heck of an origin for the franchise, too. We got to see all the big names of both X-Men and the Brotherhood when they did battle. You know, you had Magneto, Sabretooth, Toad, Mystique. You also had... Cyclops and Jean and Storm and Charles and we got to meet Wolverine and Rogue and so 
uh, it was really fantastic. We even got to see some of those cartoon names like Senator Kelly and Mr. Gyrick and and had a lot of great fan service too, uh, like references to Wolverine's yellow spandex, um, the Blackbird, you know, coming out of the basketball court, uh, Magneto and Charles' uh, friendship that we all knew as, you know, fans of the cartoon, uh, Wolverine's heightened senses, like, senses like his smell and, and, and him on the bike and him smoking the cigar and saying bub. Um, I mean, the list goes on. The fan service was there. Um, now, I don't, by all means, I don't want to make this the X-Men anniversary celebration episode, uh, but the year 2000 did finally bring us the X-Men on the big screen, and it got us kind of on the way to where we are now with comic book franchises and cinema. Uh, so, you know, cheers to you, X-Men, and uh, happy anniversary. Um, you know, the year 2000 also brought us... Um, Gaming. Let's talk about gaming in the year 2000. Um, we saw the beginning of some game franchises like Bejeweled, started in 2000, Hitman, The Sims, and a few more like uh, Poor Jet Set Radio for the very short-lived Sega Dreamcast. Um, there are two games, though, that I, I, I want to talk about in detail. Um, one of them being The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And Diablo 2. These games absorbed more of my time than most things should in the year 2000. That and Dragon Ball Z, of course. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Uh, Now, this was the follow-up to Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which you have heard me say over and over again is the best. It is iconic, and it's my favorite. Um... Majora's Mask, it's actually the sixth installment of the Legend of Zelda game franchise. Uh, We all know the story. Link is, he's a child again after the uh, events of Ocarina of Time, and he finds himself in another land called Termina. Now, the the antagonist, Skull Kid, uh, steals this ancient relic. It's Majora's Mask. Now, in this, the story is Termina is destined to be destroyed in three days by this evil, scary-looking moon that's making its way toward colliding with Termina. Um, the cool thing, the cool thing about this game, is it plays with time travel some, uh, a little more in detail than some of us were kind of used to in video games. Um. It also played with the fact that you, there were many different masks that you could wear that actually physically transformed you into another being. And it also added stress of you were on a schedule. You had to do everything. Um, like your first act was you had to get it done and save this little portion within three days. Then you play the new tune on the ocarina that you've learned and it takes you back to day one. Then you have to go to a different temple. Yes, still the same structure. There's temples, water temple, blah, blah, blah. All that same stuff. Now, like its predecessor of uh, Ocarina of Time, the game was hailed as one of the greatest games of all time, and it sold over 3 million copies worldwide. Uh, It was also one of the first games that required the expansion pack for the Nintendo 64, which kind of drove some of us a little batty. At first, because, you know, uh, when the Majora's Mask came out, a lot of us didn't need expansion packs before. So we bought the game and couldn't play it. So then we had to go out and buy a little expansion pack that you connect to it and everything. And it, it was it was all very, very technical stuff. Um, I don't want to bog your mind with it. Uh, I challenge any of you young gamers, though, if you have the ability um, to... To, to play Majora's Mask. I, I highly recommend it. I recommend that you, especially if you can. Now, I'm, I am lucky enough. I, I still have a Nintendo 64 that works. And playing it on the 64, they did re-release it twice. They re-released it for the, uh, the GameCube and the Wii. So you can play it there as well, but I highly challenge you young gamers out there to get into Majora's Mask and let me know how that goes for you. 
Um, the other game I wanted to talk about a little in detail was Diablo 2. Uh, the year 2000 kind of began this rebirth of computer gaming and led us from the days of Oregon Trail to games like Warcraft, Command and & Conquer, and many titles that were PC-exclusive. kind of burst the generation of PC gamer, truthfully. Uh, Diablo 2 was one of the biggest fights, actually, that I have ever gotten into with an old friend of mine. And it caused many, many sleepless nights for the old Duke. Um, the fight was actually over a girl, come to think about it. But we'll we'll, we'll ignore that aspect of it. So, um, you know... Unlike games like Skyrim, okay, so let's compare it to Skyrim. In Skyrim, if you accidentally deleted your level 88 Imperial with the coolest sword and some awesome Daedric armor, you know, in your system there was also an autosave before your physical save. Now, if you were to accidentally delete that physical save, there's still an autosave there that you could, like, click to go back into, and it, like, an autosave could go anywhere from, I mean, it could be two minutes before your, your physical save, so you could go into your autosave and kind of fix it, and then save physically there, and you haven't lost anything, truthfully. Did not work that way for Diablo 2. Well... During our argument, our vengeance on each other was to the, the the computer that we played. Now I'm going to have to set this up. I didn't want to get into too much detail, but I'm going to have to explain it. The computer that we played Diablo 2 on was at my best friend Caleb's house. He's had the game. He had the computer. Now we all three had our own little profiles and little characters that we would individually work on when the other was either busy or asleep or at work, blah, blah, blah. So the fight continued and it led to the two of us deleting each other's very cool characters and we had progressed pretty far in the story but that was how we got back at one another um and this was a darker time kids this was a darker time indeed for gaming nerds we were uh we were vicious little things you couldn't trust us now looking back now it's crazy kind of how silly it was but <laughs> then you uh you know, deleting someone's character in a game that they can't, you know, reclaim is like biting your thumb in a Shakespearean novel <laughs> or <laughs> smacking each other in the face with a glove ready to duel. Um, <laughs> but without the games of 2000, uh, we would not have the games we do today, like World of Warcraft or Breath of the Wild or even Halo. Um, after Hitman and its type of game hit big we were then starting to see titles like splinter cell now that was a game um i am glad i grew up during this time um if you are a gamer and you have a chance to go back and check out any of the titles i've mentioned um diablo 2 uh, majora's mask the first hitman um go check those out they're pretty good um you know being in the nerd and the year 2000 during the new millennium it didn't take much to really entertain us <laughs> also um you know you could give us a stick and we were a warrior give us a nerf gun and we were neo uh put me in a pool and i'm vegeta you know flying around punching really fast and shooting kai blasts at my friend uh it was water water we were shooting water basically pretending we were in dragon ball z but I digress. Um, and see, I was always Vegeta, and he was either always Trunks or Piccolo, if I remember correctly. Caleb was. Um, you know, we didn't have smartphones and social media. Uh, being a nerd in 2000 took way more imagination than it does today. We had to build with our imaginations when we played outside instead of having it all brought to us in an app 
or a VR experience. Um, we were the characters more than actually watching them in a theater or a streaming service. The speaking of VR, I uh, also when I was in Greenville this past weekend, and I'd already done it. Uh, my my friend Brant has the the Oculus, the VR thing, and uh, he put me on this extremely haunted house game. Can't remember what it's called, but it's terrifying. Um, check that out if you have a chance. It's terrifying, entertaining as I'll get out. I think I have some videos that I can post to our social media. Uh, so, back to the topic at hand. Um, entertaining ourselves would never be the same, really, though, moving forward. I'll even go as far as to say that being a nerd uh, in 2000 and, you know, 99, prior to that, the first, or even the first few years of the 2000s, it was harder. It took work. <laughs> took imagination, but it was also in secrecy. Um, you couldn't be a nerd and proud in many ways. Maybe you wear a Batman shirt, sure, but if the cool kids knew you were playing as imaginary characters in your backyard uh, or staying up all night playing Diablo 2 and trading Pokemon cards... You were screwed. Your reputation was in the toilet. It was shot. But now... Now it's easy. Now it's cool to be a nerd. Now everybody's uh, wearing a Batman shirt. Everyone's seeing Avengers in theaters. Now normal... Quote unquote normal people cosplay for Comic Cons. They host Walking Dead parties and quote Game of Thrones. Um, it was just a totally different time to be a nerd. And I, I, I don't want this to sound like jealousy. Um, it's not. I mean, I, I grew up the oldest in my house, so I know what a guinea pig's job is. <laughs> um, I'm glad it was the way it was. Um, if it wasn't... If it wasn't... The way it was... For me... And... Other nerds my age... Then... It may not be... Nerd culture as it is today. As in like if we didn't... Go through nerding in the 2000s... And it be this cult following as it was then maybe today you don't have nerd culture you know taking on the world um now it's now you can be nerd and proud um so i mean i guess i have to say you know i'm, I'm glad i grew up as a nerd when i grew up as a nerd because we were kind of the the stepping stone into what being a nerd is today, you know, without the evolution um, of nerd culture, then nerd pride is nothing. You know, evolution's how we keep from dying. Uh, as for, you know, um, I guess as for the nerd evolution... That led to where we are today. Yeah. Nerd evolution led to where we are today. Now where are we today? I would say if nerd evolution... Put us to where we are today... Then what we are today is... Hmm. More like a nerd revolution. But more on that... At a later date. From us here at Advertising Expressions, we want you to know that we hope that you and yours have been well amid this pandemic. We have been blessed to have survived ourselves and realize that here in Morristown, it can be hard to keep things rolling in times like these. Therefore, whether you are a business that has closed and are looking to reopen, 
a business that has crawled through the time fighting for the next breath, or maybe you are a business that has done better in this time. We want to help you. See, our business is to promote yours, and we strive to do that by getting your name in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are giving you 19% off new quotes that result in orders of $190 or more. Use the promo code NERDRONA19. That's N-E-R-D-R-O-N-A and the number 19. You can find us at 2103 Morningside Drive in Morristown, Tennessee, or contact us at 423-586-3270. Meanwhile, back at 30 and nerdy. Thank you guys for tuning in to another week of the show. Um, sorry if I sound a little tired. I am beat. Uh, it is currently 1 a.m. where I'm at and I'm recording this uh, because that is when I had the time to do it. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you know, next week I'm going to get a little more detail about the N2K, about the the decade of nerding in the new millennium. I'm going to talk about 2001 all the way up to 2009. Um, now, th- in, in previous episodes where I've talked about... Um, Throughout a decade, it's been pretty, like, analytical. Um, I'm going to try to keep it from being so listy. And, like, here's 2001, here's 2002, here's 2003. I don't want to do it much about like that. Um, so we're, But we're going to have some fun still. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about um, how nerd culture kind of sh- took the shift that I have been talking about. And the wave started building towards what we have today. And we're going we're to talk about franchises that were born during that decade um, that are still going today. Um, franchises that changed the world, um, games that changed the world of gaming. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing next week in part two of N2K, Nerding in the 2000s. Um, I want to thank, take the time to thank all of our Patreon supporters uh, here at the show. Uh, if you're a Patreon supporter, you get behind-the-scenes footage, special gifts, sneak peeks on what to come. Um, you are polled. Uh, before the general audience, sometime polled instead of the general audience. Um, you get to be a part of special episodes, which I am going to be starting up very soon, a um, a special Patreon-exclusive episode called Titans Tuesdays, where I'm going to be talking about DC's Titans on the DC uh, streaming service, which we all just learned um, that DC, it sounds like DC Universe streaming service is about to be absorbed into HBO Max, which I'm fine with because it's all Warner Brothers. That's where it should be anyways. Warner Brothers should just be one entity and not have multiple apps. As long as it increases the library offered in the HBO Max app. Um, so we're going to be talking about Titans Tuesday, Titan Tuesdays coming up soon. Uh, season 2 ended a few months ago. Um, and they are going to have a Season 3. But with COVID and all that, we have no idea when it's going to release. So I will be going through Seasons 1 and 2 of Titans on Tuesdays. And that will release on Tuesday straight to Patreon only. So, however, our COVID deal right now for a dollar a month through the end of the year, you can be part of those Titan Tuesday episodes for just a dollar a month. And I hope that you all will join us at the Patreon page uh, for 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Uh, also, while you're at it, go to podchaser.com and uh, give us a rating along with our friends at the Pod Nation. It's very simple. Go to the site, search for the list Pod Nation, give some of our friends a listen, you know, uh, pick one a day to try out. If you like what you hear, give them a rating, subscribe to them, tell them 30 and Nerdy sent you, 
And uh, that rating that they would deserve is definitely five stars because the Pod Nation is an absolutely fantastic group of podcasts out there. I love being part of the Pod Nation. So give them a check. Um, well, nerds and nerdettes, you know, that is all for this week's episode. Uh, if you would like to give me a shout out on your thoughts on this episode, have questions for upcoming episode um, on all the the year of the nerding in the 2000s, if you have a suggestion on what you would like to hear 30 and Nerdy Podcast go a little more in detail about, please let me know, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. You can follow along with the uh, conversation as well using the hashtag... Three zero and nerdy pod on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, because we are everywhere. The nerds are taking over, man. So please uh, take the time, you know, uh, holler at me. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to hear. Um, I have been your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Y'all have been beautiful. Please mask up and stay sanitized, nerds. DJ Mike Howie, take us out. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Brought to you by Ashley Lodge Photography, Freddy Cat Productions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Advertising Expressions. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow along with the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation at PodChaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.